inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered why you can't? Have you ever wondered, asked yourself, considered, what's your standard? Do you have a standard? Do you know if your life is getting better or worse? How do you know if today was a good day or a bad day? How do you know if you're closer to your outcome today more so than when you were yesterday. See, today on one of the last episodes of Like It Matter Radio, because Friday we transition into Way of Warrior, fighting the good fight. It's all on the same vein, all on the same mindset, but it's just getting more specific in our focus. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm gonna talk about a standard. And the question is, What is your standard for life? What's your comparison? What do you have in the back of your mind that you compare things to that make today a good day or a bad day, that make your life a good life or a bad life, that make you feel helpful or make you feel helpless, make you feel hopeful or what makes you feel Hope less. How do you know? How do you know if you're on course or off course? How do you know if today was a good day or a bad day? How do you know if you're doing better today than yesterday or better tomorrow than today? You see, without a metric, without something to compare things to, how do we grow? How do we know? How do we get better? And so today on this hour of power, I want to exhort my listeners to consider the question, what are your rules for life? And I don't know many truly successful people that don't have a standard. Matter of fact, when you remove standards, chaos takes place. Could you imagine if there are no standards in school, which is what they're working toward? where nobody fails, everybody gets just a participation trophy. You see what's been happening in the last couple decades? We've done that in kids' sports. We start challenging each other. We make everything now victimhood. So you can't challenge someone. You can't call them out when they're, not, uh, when they're accepting good enough. You can't challenge them when they're not giving their all. Because if they're not a white person, then you're a bigot. Then you're a racist. Then you're hateful. We, for the first time ever, live in a country where the majority of people believe that the country that we're giving to our children is worse off than the country our parents gave to us. There's helplessness. There's hopelessness. We're now encouraged to be racist, to see everything through skin color. We have to condone everything or we're called hateful, bigoted, racist, flat earthers. If you don't believe what they tell you to believe, 
there's something wrong with you. This is why it's so important now that we got to know who we are. We got to know those existential questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Who do I serve? Who's my God? Because all gods require sacrifice. Oh, we sacrifice. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our energy. We sacrifice our emotional impetus, psychological effort. We sacrifice our children. We sacrifice our marriages. See, if we don't have a standard, then we're just blown in the wind. You know, Alice in the Alice in Wonderland, Alice is in the looking glass. And she comes to a fork in the road and she stops. And out of nowhere, El Gato appears, the Cheshire cat, just big smile first and then the body comes in. You know what it looks like. And Alice asks that cat a simple question. Which one of these roads do I take? And the cat responded Socratically with a question. And the question was this, where are you going, Alice? And Alice said this, I don't know. And then these wise words for a talking cat. Then any road will take you there. And I had to hit rewind on my VHS because I asked myself, what did that cat just say? That cat just said, when you don't, want to, when you don't know where you're going, <laughs> any road will take you there. See, that's the importance of a standard. I remember when I was younger, a Robert Fulgham came out with a book, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. In other words, what he was saying, listen, the standard was set in kindergarten. If I would have just listened and learned the things that I was taught in kindergarten, then I'd be good today. And we need to know, we need to remember the important things. We need to recollect. We need to remind ourselves because sometimes we forget. We're pulled in many different directions and sometimes we passively forget. And let's consider all we really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be. Think about this. If you went to a kindergarten like I did, not today's woke kindergartens, now today's kindergartens want them to mandate them to go watch drag queens. Uh, people with their junk tucked away in this and, and per perverting the kids. That's what kindergarten is today. But when I went to school, kindergarten was about learning. Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sand pile at Sunday school. And these are the things I learned. And this is from the book, All I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush the toilet after going to the bathroom. Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw and paint some and sing and dance some and play and work some every day. Oh, my wife Valerie will love this one. Take a nap every afternoon. When you go out into the world, watch out for traffic. Hold hands and stick together. Be aware of wonder. Remember the little seed in the styrofoam cup? 
the roots go down, the plant goes up, and nobody really knows how or why, but we're all like that. Goldfish and hamsters and white mice and even the little seed in the styrofoam cup, they all die, and so do we. And then remember the Dick and Jane books and the, the first word you learn, the biggest word of all, look. It was capitalized. Everything you need to know is, is in there somewhere. The golden rule and love and basic sanitation, ecology and politics, equality, sane living. Take any of those items and extrapolate it into sophisticated adult terms and apply it to our family life, our work life, our government life, or our world, and it holds true, clear, and firm. Think what a better world it would be if the whole world had cookies and milk about 3 o'clock every afternoon and then lay down with our blankies for a nap. Or if all governments had a basic policy to always put things back where they found them, and to clean up their own mess. And it's still true, no matter how old you are, when you go out in the world, it is best to hold hands and stick together. What's your standard, ladies and gentlemen? We all need a standard. We all need a metric. How do we know? Are you challenging yourself? Are you working to be better? When you get knocked on your butt, do you go the way of the world and claim victim status? Or do you go the way of the warrior? And pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again. After the break, I'm going to explain the importance of standards and rules. We'll be right back. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We were born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And man, we are a little over a week away from our final class as Like It Matters. As of January 1, our leadership training at likeitmatters.net will uh, transform, metamorphose, just like a, a caterpillar into a butterfly. We went from Empower You for 20 years to Like It Matters for 12 years, and we'll start our 32nd year as Way 
of Warrior. So our last chance is December 7th through 9th to go through Leadership Awakening. 48 hours that will change your life forever. Uh, that will make sure your family gets the best Christmas present ever. And you know what the best Christmas present ever for your family is? A better you. A better spouse. A better parent. A better sibling. A better child. A better worker. A better Christian or Muslim or Jew. Just better. Go to likeitmatters.net, 48 hours. You give me 48 hours, and I'll give you a new beginning. But today, we're talking about what are your rules for life. And see, rules for life, when we have rules, it keeps us from the stinking thinking. It keeps us from trash-talking ourselves. You know, I, I shared this before on the radio. I love it. It's from A Boy's Life in 1920, and it's called The Boy Who Can't. Hey, fellows, come closer. Let each one of us name the worst kind of nuisance. Let's call it a game. I vote for the fellow who's never on time, the fellow who always would borrow a dime, the chap who takes pleasure in starting a fight, the geezer while camping who snickers all night. Yes, those pests are terribly trying, I grant, but I'll cast my vote for the fellow who can't. He can't rig a fish pole, he can't take a hike, he can't cook a flapjack or tinker his bike, he can't learn to signal, he can't do first aid, can't do without candy or pink lemonade, can't follow the trail and can't lace up his shoe, can't do a blamed thing that you want him to do. Oh boy, I'd be happy if I could but plant a swift kick on the rear of the fellow who can't. He can't get his grammar or spelling or math, can't split his kindling, he can't take a bath, he can't help his mother, he can't use his head, can't rise in the morning, and can't go to bed. He can't find his collar, he can't tie his tie, he never knows what he could do if he'd just try. But repeats all day long his monotonous chant, oh mama, oh teacher, oh mister, I can't. There's great need in the world for the confident man who tackles his work with a hearty I can. So if you would succeed and find living a joy, just learn how to do things while you are a boy. For the boy who refuses to work when he should loses the power to work when he would. Weakness is softness, his talent supplant, and he finds that the test that he really can't. See, it's a limiter. We got to get rid of certain limitations, but we got to know who we are and why we're here. I remember this great story. I think it's uh, Philip uh, Childs. Donna's fourth grade classroom looked like many others I'd seen in the past. Students sat in five rows of six desks. The teacher's desk was in the front and faced the students. The bulletin board featured students' work. In most respects, it appeared to be a typically traditional elementary classroom. Yet something seemed different that day. There seemed to be an undercurrent of excitement. You see, Donna was a veteran small-town Michigan school teacher, only two years away from retirement. In addition, she was a volunteer participant in a countrywide development project that had been organized and facilitated by the writer. 
The trainer focused on language arts ideas that would empower students to feel good about themselves and then take charge of their lives. Donna's job was to attend training sessions and implement the concepts presented, and Philip's job was to make classroom visitations and encourage implementation. So he took an empty seat in the back and watched. All the students were working on a task. They were filling a sheet of notebook with paper and thoughts, ideas, and I, I leaned over. And what was it? Why they were filling their page with I can'ts. The 10-year-old student closer to me wrote, I can't. I can't kick the soccer ball past second base. I can't do long division with more than three numbers. I can't get Debbie to like me. I can't, I can't, I can't. Her page was full, and she showed no signs of letting up. She worked on it with determination and persistence. Philip walked down the road, glancing at students' papers. Everyone was writing sentences describing things they can't do. I can't do 10 push-ups. I can't hit over the left-field fence. I can't eat only one cookie. By this time, the activity engaged Philip's curiosity, so he decided to check with Donna to see what was going on. As he approached her, he noticed that she, too, was busy writing and didn't want to interrupt. What was she writing? I can't get John's mother to come in for a teacher conference. I can't get my daughter to put gas in the car. I can't get Alan to use words instead of fists. I can't, I can't, I can't. Thwarted in his efforts to determine why students and teachers were dwelling on the negative I can't statements instead of the positive I can, he returned to his seat and continued his observations. Students continued to write for 10 minutes and most filled their page and started another. Finish the one you're on and don't start a new one were the instructions the teacher used to signal the end of the activity. And then students were instructed to fold their papers in half and bring them to the front of the room. When students reached the desk, they placed their I can't statements into an empty shoebox. When all the student papers were collected, Donna added hers. She put the lid on the box, tucked it under her arms, and headed out the door and down the hall. Students followed the teacher, and Philip followed the students. Halfway down the hall, the procession stopped. Donna entered the custodian's room, rummaged around, and came out with a shovel. With shovel in one hand, shoebox in the other, Donna marched the students out of the school to the furthest corner on the playground, and there they began to dig. They were going to bury their eye cans. The digging took over 10 minutes because most of the fourth graders wanted a turn. When the hole approached three feet deep, the digging ended. The box of eye counts was placed at the bottom of the hole and quickly covered with dirt. 31, 31, 10 and 11 years old stood around the freshly dug gravesite. Each had at least one page full of eye counts in the shoebox, three feet under, and so did their teacher. At this point, Donna announced, boys and girls, please join hands and bow your heads. The students complied. They quickly formed a circle around the gravesite, creating a bond with their hands. They lowered their heads as Donna delivered the eulogy. Friends, we gather today to honor the memory of Icant. While he was with us on earth, he touched the lives of everyone, some more than others. His name, unfortunately, has been spoken in every public building, school, city halls, state capitals, and even the White House. We have provided ICANT with a final resting place and headstone that contains his epitaph. He is survived by his brothers and sisters, I can, I will, 
and I'm going to right away. They are not as well known as their famous relative and are certainly not as strong or powerful yet. But perhaps someday, with your help, with all of our help, they will make an even bigger mark on the world than I can't did. May I can't rest in peace and may everyone present pick up their lives and move forward in his absence. Amen. As Philip listened to the eulogy, he realized that these students would never forget this day. The activity that was just symbolic. It was a metaphor for life. It was a right brain experience that would stick in the unconscious and conscious mind forever. Writing I can'ts, bearing them, and hearing the eulogy, that was a major effort on the part of this teacher, and she wasn't done yet. At the conclusion of the eulogy, she turned the students around, marched them back in the classroom, and held awake. They celebrated the passing of I can't with cookies, popcorn, and fruit juices. Donna cut out a tombstone from the butcher paper. She wrote the words, I can't, at the top, and put R-I-P in the middle. And finally, the date was added at the bottom, 3-28-80. The paper tombstone hung in Donna's classroom for the remainder of the year. On those rare occasions when a student forgot and said, I can't, Donna simply pointed to the R-I-P sign. Rest in peace. The student they remember that I can't was dead and chose to rephrase the statement. Philip wasn't one of Donna's students. He goes on to say, she was one of his. Yet that day, Philip learned an enduring lesson from her. Now, years later, whenever he hears the phrase, I can't, he sees images of that fourth grade funeral. Like the students remember that I can't is dead. And see, we default to I can't because we don't know what I can. See, this is the reason why it's important to have rules. You know, after the break, there's so many sets of rules. Matter of fact, there was a great book called The Rules for Being Human uh, by Sherry Carter Scott. And it's actually, the, the book is called If Life is a Game, These are the Rules. It's great. There's four agreements by Don Miguel, Miguel Ruiz that in the late 90s was huge. The rules. In the book by Gary John Bishop in Unf Yourself, he has a simplified no nonsense, no nonsense list of seven decisions, seven declarations, seven realizations needed to clean up our thoughts and thus our life. Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin had rules for life. My question for you is, do you have rules in life? And what are those rules? Because those rules are your metric, and those rules will keep I can't in the grave. After the break, let me share with you a couple lists of successful people's rules for life so I can encourage you to create your own. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. 
Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Hey, listen, are you a 50-year-old person looking for term life insurance? Then you need to talk to Bob. Bob specializes in helping people find a million dollars or more of term life insurance for a couple of hundred bucks a month. Look, you need to know there's a price war in the term life insurance business and you may be paying too much. Call Bob and he'll shop and see how much money he can save you. Look, this could be the last term life insurance policy you ever have. Your rates are guaranteed for the next 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rates for the next 20 years. And if you're a smoker or your health is not perfect, Bob has great rates for you too. So for a million dollars of term life insurance coverage for a couple of hundred bucks a month, Call Bob right now. 800-890-5049. 800-890-5049. That's 800-890-5049. Paid for by Term Direct. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today, we're talking about rules. What are your rules for life? Rules are important. They create culture. They create uh, the uh, interactions and how they take place. And and we become basically a ruleless society. We got to know who we are. We got to know why we're here. We got to know whose we are. Those are existential questions. Those existential questions have to do with our existence. Why are you here? Existential are deep drivers. They relate to existence. They are the reason for your existence, your standard, your litmus test for how do you rate yourself. My life is slash was a success. My life is is not going well based on these existential purposes. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again and again? How do you know if you're on course or off course? How do you know if you are being successful or not? This is why you need to define, you know, success is a word that falls in the categories of generalizations called nominalization. It means you cannot put it in a wheelbarrow. You can't put potential in a wheelbarrow. You can't put love in a wheelbarrow. You can't put success in a wheelbarrow. Those are self-defined. And instead of fearing what we can't do, what if we're afraid of what we can do? You know, what if it's the fear of what we can do versus the fear of what we can't do? See, this is why we got to have rules because emotions take over. We get emotionally hijacked and you got to put systems in place. You got to put machinations in place. Remember, requisite variety says that in a system, and we're all in a system, it's called our life, our world, in a system, the element in that system with the most flexibility has the most power and the most control. That is what we are called to be. We are called to be requisite variety. That's why I don't care for Marianne Williamson, but I do care for this quote. She says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Consider that, ladies and gentlemen. It is not, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? 
You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. And that's the world we've got into today. That if someone is jealous, if someone is envious, if someone is covetous, if someone is jealous of your station life, jealous of your following, jealous, and if you're white or conservative, then you're, of course, privileged. I'll tell you, it's privileged. LeBron James is privileged. His kids can do anything. They won't go anywhere. Barack Obama is privileged. Joe Biden is privileged. Clarence Thomas is privileged. Beyonce and Jay-Z are privileged. Kanye West, privileged. Kim Kardashian, privileged. It's nothing to do with skin color. As do a station in life, people. You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve this world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. It's not just in some of us, but it's in each and every one of us. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. See, that's why this matters. Because people are watching. People are watching. What are they watching? Because everybody's an, an example. Everybody is a leader for them. They, everybody is a role model. Don't you get this? People are watching. And they're only two driving force in life when you get right down to the base brass tacks. You're either moving towards something or moving away from something. It's called neurosocial conditioning. You're either moving towards something you desire, you want, pleasure, or you're moving away from something you fear, pain, you don't want. So you gotta figure out how you work, but you also gotta figure out the rules for this experience called human. That's what way of the warrior is. What understanding what your good fight is. That's why understanding what are your tools, what are your resources, what are your weapons, how do you get your heart on? How do you get your mind right? How do you put the right programming in your conscious and unconscious mind that makes you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again? Great book. It was written in 1998. If life is a game, these are the rules. And it's a brief summary and explanation I'm going to share with you. The woman's name is Sherry Carter Scott, Rules for Being Human. You know, Helen Keller said it best, life is a succession of lessons which must be lived to be understood. So here are her rules, Sherry Carter Scott, Rules for Being Human. And by the way, they're not bad. Rule number one, you receive a body. Whether you love it or hate it, it's yours for life, so accept it. This is what I tell you. Man's a three-part being. We have a body, which we're not the body. It's a carbon-based life form. It's got a 120-year lifespan. We have a brain. The brain runs the body. The body's a machine. It's our vehicle. It's our tabernacle. It's our transit through this physical world. You got to know how it works. And the mind runs the body. But you're not the mind or the brain, I should say. And you're not the body. You are the spirit. That's the third part of us. Whether you believe in a personal God or not, there's something higher than us. That's what spirit means. 
Rule number two, you'll be presented with lessons. Life is a constant learning experience with every day provides opportunities for you to learn more. See, that's what being a lifelong learner is. That doesn't mean rack up $100,000 in student loans and go to liberal colleges and learn how to hate people. That's not what lifelong learning is, though. That's what many have made it because now college is nothing more than woke indoctrination. That's all that matters. Uh, now, even medicine, medical schools now don't even go by medicine. They go by skin color. So, I mean, you know, for 50 years, you know, liberals have ran academia, and here's the results. Rule number three, there are no mistakes, only lessons. See, this is what Romans 8:28 says. All things, God causes all things to work for the good for those who love him are called according to his purpose. See, this is where our thinking has to change. There are no mistakes. Quit beating ourselves up. There are lessons. What can you learn? The Israelites were supposed to learn lessons. It was a two-week journey. God took them the long way so that they, because they weren't ready to battle, and God wanted to teach them. And because they didn't learn, they had to keep looping the desert. And they got so bad that they didn't learn lessons that of all the two million people who left Egypt, roughly two million people on foot, only two of those two million entered the promised land. Only two. Only two. Because people didn't learn the lessons from their mistakes. Rule number four, the lesson is repeated until learned. Hence, a two-week journey became a 40-year desert experience where all but two who left, Caleb and Joshua, right? All but two who left, entered, I mean, died in the field. Rule number five, learning does not end. While you are alive, there are always lessons to learn. This is the power of reframing, the ability to understand that we, it's not what happens to us that matters. What matters is how do we codify it? How do we store it? I mean, I had a guy who went to my class uh, from a big construction company of mine. Uh, man, he's, uh, you know, he's a homosexual, which is not my cup of tea, but we love on everybody. I always say to people, my sins between me and God, you don't need to get in the middle of it. And I won't get in the middle of your sin. That's when you and God, Jesus died for our sins. He's got that covered. Now I do have a problem when, when people attempt to say what the Bible says is bad is good. Don't get me wrong, but your sins are between you and God. And so this guy, we included him, uh, man, he really had a tough time. He never really let go. He's an athlete and he could do well on the field, but couldn't put that same thing in real life and so man when it was done he was such a part of the group we were awesome we came together he was one of the highlights of the group because we all loved on him he became one of us he went back to his company told him what a great experience phenomenal six weeks later after talking to other people who went years ago uh he now said it was the worst thing he ever did he now says it was brainwashing he now says he had to go to counseling for it I'm like what Great experience. And then six weeks later, it was a terrible experience. See, no one responds to reality. This is where we're swayed and we rewrite history and we take something. It's not how he experienced. He experienced it well, but he remembered it poorly. Rule number six, there's no better here. There's There is no better than here. Quit worrying about tomorrow. We got one moment to live and that's now. You can't live in yesterday, it's a canceled check. You can't live in tomorrow, it's no guarantee. Rule number seven, others are only mirrors of you. You love or hate something about another person according to what you love or hate about yourself. Once you realize that, it changes how you see people and things. It gives you more compassion. Rule number eight, 
What you make of your life is up to you. You have all the tools and resources you need. What you do with them is up to you. See, this is why I was written in the 90s. Today, we blame everybody else. If we didn't get what we wanted, if you're black, if you're gay, if you're Muslim, if you're whatever, then you can claim it's only because people treat you unfairly because of those things. See, they miss the ability to get better. Rule number nine, your answers lie inside of you. More answers are inside of you than you realize. And what I do is I help you as a therapist find those answers. Rule number 10, you will forget all of this. See, I always tell people at the end of my training that the easy part's over and the hard part begins. It's one thing to learn it. It's another thing to live it. And when they leave, I tell people, it's going to be easy to forget this. But I also tell them this. It's also going to be easy to remember it. But that's up to you. What are you doing to keep it going? What are you doing? What are the rules that you're applying that keep her on course? And after the break, I'm going to explain to you why rules are so important. They keep us on course. They control our thinking. They put us into automatic where we have to do things instead of leaving up to human choice. Because if you leave it to human choice, half the time, you'll choose not to. So rules are key to a successful life. After the break, I'm going to break it down for you. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated, if that makes sense, that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night. You know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for for me right yep. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's 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 really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional, That's okay. but it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like it matters unique approach allows people to see hear and experience leadership in motion like it matters radio radio like it matters welcome back to like it matters radio radio like it matters inspiration education and application uh, and that website, thank you listeners for texting me. The website is likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net. Uh, the website, the other website, which we'll be transferring to at the first of the year, it's uh, it's live, but it's not uh, kind of fully up. But you can go check it out, wayofwarrior.training, wayofwarrior.training. And for those of you that want some scripture, word of the day, to you want to, you're fighting the spiritual battle, uh, you can go to wayofwarrior.blog, wayofwarrior.blog, uh, and that scripture and then I explain the scripture uh, and I've been doing that for 12 years every single day seven days a week uh, 366.5 whatever it is days a year every single day don't miss out so you can go to those things to get more feedback and if you want to email me you got questions for me you uh, got questions about my training questions how I might help you live your life like it matters just email me at mr.black mr period b-l-a-c-k at likeitmatters.net you know, I was on Facebook uh, and I saw this meme and it shows Greta Thornburg and it shows Judith Curry. And under Greta Thornburg, Thornburg, it says 16 years old, not a scientist, reads from a script, gets 24-7 media coverage. She is a national star, international star. And then next to her is this other woman. 
Dr. Judith Carey. And here's her uh, her her bullet points. She's a climatologist. She has published over 140 scientific books and papers. She says global warming is all a hoax. And she gets zero media coverage. And then it says this is what manipulation looks like. And it is. It's called fifth generation warfare. We're being played like Goebbels. Read the news. You'll see all the articles from state run media all start out with the crazy Republicans, uh, lunatics that know there was no fraudulent election. They always frame the qu- the statement in a way that you look at it negative. And that's programming. You don't even realize it. See, this is why you got to know how you work. We are a body who is it is run by a mind but we are not the body or the brain we are the spirit we're a three-part entity and we got to know how it works and part of what we got to realize is we're unconscious creatures so we need to have rules we need to have some automation i remember years ago when i went to promise keepers one of the guys told me say you know black the best thing i ever did with my walk with god is i put my shoes under the bed and i scratched my head like what the heck does that have to do with your walk with god he said that's easy every morning I got to get on my knees when I start my day to get my shoes out from under my bed. And every night when I'm done with the day, I've got to get on my knees to push my shoes under my bed. And I thought that was cool. Now, just so you know, I don't put my shoes under my bed, but I love the concept of creating some automation. And that to me are really what the the rules are. You know, the four agreements, something that Don Miguel Ruiz came up is huge. It was first published in 1997. This guy became a guru uh, and he had four agreements. And these are four rules. Call them what you want. You know, that's the covenant, the new covenant, the old covenant. They are agreements. So these are covenants, the rules. Agreement number one, be impeccable with your word. It says speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself. That's big because we trash talk ourselves. I'll speak for myself. I did not realize the level at the unconscious level that my identity was under attack from me, from old belief systems. What I realized is as I grew and changed from that white trash poor, homeless little white boy that I was, that I never revisited my identity. With all the changes, oh, I dealt with my belief systems, I dealt with my capabilities, I dealt with my environment, I dealt with all those things below, but I never got to the fifth level, which was identity. And because of that, I've struggled up until now, but now I'm fixed it. Agreement number two, don't take anything personally. See, we live in an offended culture. There's there's this book out there called this, uh, The Bait of Satan. It's all about the spirit of offense, and this is how our enemy is destroying our families, destroying ourselves, destroying our country, because everybody's offended by everything. Boy, can you imagine being in a marriage where everything you say offends your spouse? What kind of relationship would you have? And yet we live in a country... If you got the right skin color, you can be offended by everything. We're such a racist country now. It only matters is what someone's skin color. It doesn't matter the content of their character like Dr. King died for. Only thing that matters is the color of someone's skin. That is not what Dr. King died for. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. You can't make anybody bitter, angry, whatever. They have to participate. I'll teach you how you work. Just go to likeitmatters.net. Give me, get yourself in a class. I'll teach you why that's a true statement. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own frames, not you. You can be immune to the opinions and actions of others if you choose to be. Agreement number three, don't make assumptions. It makes an asset of you and me. Find the courage. That's the key. Find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you 
as you can to avoid misunderstandings and drama. It comes down to communication. I know that probably the biggest uh, struggles I have in my marriage with my wife is our, we don't communicate as good as we should. We're working on it. Number four, always do your best. That's so cool. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. But under any circumstance, simply do your best and you avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. See, there's some rules. How about this one? This great book I'm reading by Gary John Bishop. Love it. Highly recommend it. I wish it was a different title. It's called Unf Yourself. That's what the book's called by Gary John Bishop. Even though the title stinks, uh, it's a good book. And what he did is he simplified it. He, he came to a no-nonsense list of seven decisions, seven declarations, seven realizations need to clean up our thoughts and thus our life. The first one, I am willing. If you're not willing, boy, when you come into my class, you just got to be willing. You know, God, says, God takes the available uh, and, and use them. And availability has to do with willing. Are you willing to be used by God? Are you willing to be honest with yourself? Are you willing? So the first thing is, are you willing? Number two, I'm wired to win. So you, you make the commitment, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm wired to win. So no matter what happens, you know, number three, I got this. See, it's a progression, it's building. So number three is I got this. No matter what's going on, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. In my weakness, your strength is perfected. I must decrease so you can increase. God is omniscient, meaning as perfect knowledge, means before I was a cell in my mama's uterus or a cell in my daddy's sperm, my God knew every decision I was ever going to make, and he's walking with me and through this. I got this. Number four, I embrace the uncertainty. See, you can't be thrown off. I love chaos. I can bring organization and chaos. I embrace the uncertainty. Number five, I am not my thoughts. I am what I do. Thoughts come and go. Feelings come and go. But our identity and our activity are tied together. What we do affects who we believe we are. And who we believe we are affects what we do. Not your thoughts, not your feelings, not because you didn't have a Snickers day and you're hangry right? Number six, I'm relentless. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, hit again. Proverbs 24, 16 says, a righteous man will stumble seven times, but get back up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. The righteous are relentless. And lastly, on Gary John Bishop's in the book, Unf Yourself, Seven Decisions, Declarations, Realizations, I Expect Nothing. You're owed nothing. We live in a world now where people deserve this and deserve that. If they're black, they deserve free money. They deserve to steal. They deserve reparations. If they're transgender, they deserve to dance naked and sexually in front of our five-year-old kids. If they're homosexual, they deserve to flaunt it and put it in everybody's face. And you have to like what they do. Whether I mean, don't you see it? And this isn't something new. Remember Thomas Jefferson? Thomas Jefferson had 10 rules. Never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Never trouble another for what you can do yourself. Never spend your money before you've earned it. Never buy what you don't want because it's cheap. Pride costs more than hunger, thirst, and cold. We seldom repent of having eaten too little. Nothing is troublesome that we do willingly. How much pain the evils have cost us that have never happened. Take things always by the smooth handle. When angry, count to 10 before you speak. If very angry, count to 100. See, that's what this is. Now, where do your rules come from? You got to have a mission. And then you identify who you are. That's why I share a lot of time, because who you are 
dictates what you do. My mission, and you can learn this at likeitmatters.net, I can help you create a mission. My mission statement, I am committed to dying daily to myself and my desires. I'm a conduit of the Holy Spirit. It is not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I am the hands and feet of my Lord Jesus and daily put on his heart and his mind. I am living the method, see a need, meet a need. My mantra is to fulfill all the divine appointments that God has planned in advance for me and to live my life for my Lord and for others, being the best father, husband, leader, human, and child of God that I am created to be. I commit to do all things daily until I can hear those words from the Bema Seat of Christ, well done, my good and faithful servant. I am committed to do this with passion, heart, body, and soul to the glory of Yahweh. See, your mission statement is who you are. It's what you do. It's the quality in which you do it. That becomes the rules for your life. And when you know who you are, what to do is a lot simpler. I am Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, with rules, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.